Good morning and welcome to the Drive Time Hour of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser, live on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Ben Bueller-Garcia, sitting in for Zach this morning. Imagine if you had no place to go. It's going to rain today. Just for a second, think about how devastating it would be to lose the roof over your head and have no viable options. I've been involved in this community and economic development for over three decades. For 10 years, I volunteered as the executive director of an organization that worked with homeless teens and street kids. So when I say that affordable housing situation is the worst I have ever seen, take my word for it. Tucson is in a perfect storm of factors, and thousands of our neighbors are at risk. Joining us today to discuss the situation and explore plans to address it are two experts in the field. Uh, first, Ann Chineka, who is the deputy director of housing and community development for the city of Tucson. Ann, welcome. Thank you, Ben. And we also have Jim Tofel, Managing Member of Development for Tofel Dent Construction, a general contracting firm that has built over 125 multifamily projects representing more than 12,000 units. Jim is also the Chairman of the City's Commission on Equitable Housing and Development. Thanks for joining us this morning, Jim. Good morning. Uh, a disclaimer. As you both know, uh, the Arizona Multifamily Housing Association is one of my clients, so want to just get that out there right away. And we've we've see these terrible stories in the newspaper about people you know rents increasing and, and folks losing their apartments but can you you've got some data that was the city's research over the last couple of years could you just share some of those facts and figures so folks get an idea of how bad this really is yeah certainly ben and again thanks for having me so yes i have lots of housing data and I really want, uh, I really appreciate the University of Arizona and Pima County who collaborated on a project with the city of Tucson, really digging deep on the housing data. In addition, we recently completed a housing study, the housing affordability strategy for Tucson. So my data is really coming from those two sources. Before I jump into the housing data, I want to start with something you said about economic development. And before I jump into housing, I do want to talk about our low incomes and high poverty rate in Tucson. I think it's really hard to isolate housing in and of itself. And so um, I think a big problem of our housing crisis stems from our low incomes and our high poverty. So in poverty, uh, the poverty rate in the Tucson area is roughly 20%. Fortunately, that's gone down the last couple of years. So we are trending in a positive direction but that's still higher than Pima County, it's higher than Arizona, and it's higher than the nation. And so when we talk about rent prices and home values, I think it's really important to start there. I've heard, and, and it's true, that still compared to many Western cities, Tucson is considered affordable, but affordable to who? It's are we're affordable to somebody potentially living in Austin, but if you're living in the poverty in Tucson, I just wanted to start there from and, the conversation. And that's one of the elements I think that that it constitute this perfect storm as well, because you do have folks who can sell their twenty five hundred square foot home and and you know wherever Bay Area for a zillion dollars, and of course they come into Tucson. It's like wow, what a screaming deal! I'll take two. Yeah, um, and that that does impact the stock. Yeah, so I, I want to start there because I think it's easy to, to still potentially, I hear people saying, well, Tucson's, Tucson's affordable and, and just to who. So in terms of data, I have lots of data, but I think the one, the pieces of data that to really raised my eyebrows are the cost of rent um, since over the past five years and our typical home value. So in 2017, the Tucson average rent, this is within the city, 
was $860. And that's across all types of unit sizes. So that's studios to three, four bedroom houses. So average of 860 in 2017. Today, the average cost of rent is over $1,300. So in that five period stretch, that's a change of, you know, an increase in 52%. And when you're thinking about those incomes and the poverty rates going from $860 five years ago to over 1300 today, that's a huge increase. Similar on the home value side, really looking at, at similar increases. In 2017, the typical home value in Tucson was about $176,000. Today, it's over $300,000. And so looking at a huge 74% increase there. So again, in the context of what we're talking about here, when we're talking about affordable housing, we're talking about home ownership, we're talking about rentals, and then in, in following, Jim, some of the, a lot of the discussions on the task force and the commissions you're involved in, there's also that, well, there's two more segments of our society, of our community. There's the folks that are already homeless, and then there's the folks who are at risk of finding themselves to be homeless. So we're really looking at four if you will, for more demographics. Yeah, correct. Uh, and I will say, um, you know, from my perspective, the city is uh, is putting a lot of focus on affordable housing right now. Uh, um, the, there's been a, a little bit of turnover at the housing department, and uh, Liz Morales is now the director over there. She's doing a, an amazing job, and you've been with them for a year uh, almost two years almost two years and um so i was part of the metropolitan housing commission which was uh basically trying to do the same thing that the that the equitable housing and development commission is now doing uh and that was stopped about 10 years ago um and so you know i think mayor and council and the city and everybody recognizes you know what's happening right now and you just you look at it on the street you know, in terms of tent cities, and this is not an issue unique to Tucson. It's you know you see it everywhere uh, in California and Phoenix. Um, there are there are more homeless people than ever, and uh, housing affordability is continuing to to get more difficult. And so, um, you know, when you talk about affordable housing, the way I look at it is it's not giving a handout to somebody; it's giving them a step up. Because I think the key to um, the key to to ensuring successful future generations is to have safe, sustainable housing. It starts with the housing, you know, having a, a you know for children, and the children are the ones that get hit the worst. Yeah. If 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 they've got a place to go home that's safe and and reliable, and you know that's the first thing that they need to really get a good start. If they don't have that it's so much more difficult for them the rest of their lives. You know, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the economic development aspect of this because that's, again, in my day job, that's a lot of what I do. And, you know, when we talk about attracting companies and when we talk about, you know, companies want to come and, and start and thrive in a healthy community overall. And when we have the crisis at the level we've got it here in Tucson and in gyms right around the country and statewide, I, I think the state, State Department of Housing estimated we need to put 270,000 units in the ground tomorrow just to keep up. Um, that is, there there are broader implications for the community as whole when it comes to economic development. And Anna, when we come back, I want to 
start off with something you mentioned that really struck me as interesting is, you know, when you're out there in the community, people say, hey, why is this, this any of the city's businesses? You know, yeah. why, business. Why is the city subsidizing housing? That should be Jim and the, the private sector's role. So we come back. I'd like to address that if you don't mind. All right. Certainly. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Bueller-Garcia sitting in for Zach Yenter here on The Tipping Point. If you'd like to interact, give us a call, 790-2040. We'll be right back. Trusted local news and talk, 1030 The Voice. Hey guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the sustainable strength system is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to sustainablestrengthsystem.com. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ben Bueller-Garcia sitting in for Zach Yenser on The Tipping Point. We're talking about the affordable housing crisis this morning uh, with Ann Chineka. She's the Deputy Director of Housing and Community Development for the City of Tucson and Jim Tofel, uh, Managing Member of Tofel Dent Construction. And in the, the green room before we went on the show, we we're kind of just chit-chatting and and you mentioned something odd that so often when you're out there in the community, folks are saying, why is this any of the city of Tucson's business? And your answer was perfect. Tell us why it's all of our business, but your department's business in particular. Yeah, well, I think Jim said it really good in the first segment on housing is the key foundation to a healthy, satisfied life. And so we know how important housing is really credit mayor and council with adopting a housing first approach and really thinking about how do we get roofs over people's head first and foremost. And so we need more housing. You mentioned it in the first segment as well. We have a housing shortage. We need more housing. And when you're looking about at housing and housing costs and rent costs, what we know is that affordable housing, housing for lower income households does not pay for itself. So when you look at the cost of construction, you look at everything that goes into building houses, building apartments, you, when you get, you're getting to market rate and, and higher cost, higher incomes, that can pay for itself. But when you're talking about trying to house a family that's making 60% of area median income, even 80% of area, area median income, what we are seeing is that there needs to be a subsidy to have the project work. To facilitate it. Absolutely, to make it happen, right. to make it possible. Jim, in one of the meetings I was sitting in on, you'd mentioned, and Tofel Dent, this is what you do for a living, and mm-hmm. you're very good at it. You've got lots of experience. But you had mentioned you've got five or six affordable housing projects that are now at risk that may just not ever go in the ground. So what are some of the, the factors that you, as, as the builder, face in, in addressing that 270,000-unit gap that we're facing statewide? So, um, <clears throat> first, a little bit about us is we've, you know, we're we're a Tucson-based general contractor. We've specialized in multifamily housing construction, and we've really put an emphasis on affordable housing. So, over the last 15 years as a company, we've built roughly 30% of all of the affordable housing apartments in the state of Arizona. So, we work with a lot of different people. I'm very familiar with everybody uh, at the state level, um, at the city levels, the counties, Everybody who's in the affordable housing business, we've you know we've ha- have relationships with, and um, so I've always put our affordable housing business ahead of, of market rate deals. the The problem that we have right now is the inflation that's hit the construction industry is is significantly worse than most of the other uh, segment market segments. So we've seen uh, 25 to 30 percent increases in total construction costs over the last year, and it's it's a staggering number. Um, I was looking just last week. I was looking at a uh, project down in Sierra Vista. Uh, we built the first phase in February of 2012, and the cost was 88,000 per apartment total construction cost. Uh, we're trying to get the second phase started right now. Our costs are coming in about two hundred and forty thousand an apartment. So you think about that. Over the last decade, it's a three hundred percent increase in the cost to build apartments. Now, some of that is code related. You know, structurally, the buildings are built better; they're more energy efficient, things like that. But a lot of it is is just what's happening with with costs. And so 
the market rate segment has been is much better uh, situated to handle those increases than the affordable. Uh, affordable rents are basically set by HUD. It's a lagging two-year indicator. So uh, the rents that are coming out right now are actually based on 2020 rents. And so uh, a- as such, you know, market rate developers can look at what current rents are, current appraisals, justifies a higher loan rate on apartments. Uh, the affordable guys don't have any way to move. And, and actually in Tucson, I think the 2020 rents are actually coming down. So 2022 rents are actually coming down, which means that they the developers that are uh, building something right now actually have to charge less rent than last year. I'm sorry, let me clarify what you said. The, the federal threshold for minimum for rents in Tucson is going down. That's what I should be going the other way, shouldn't it? That's what I've been hearing. But but keep in mind, it's a lagging two year indicator. So it's based on what happened in 2020, when everybody got laid off from the pandemic. And uh, so the area median incomes actually dropped in 2020, which is what's affecting our rents right now. So, you know, the the nobody forecasts a 25% increase in costs when they put these applications together. And it takes, it takes a long time to, to develop a project. It, it can take, you know, uh, three to four years from inception to the t- point where the job, the project's actually complete and people can live there. And just to clarify for folks, and when we come back after the break, I want well, let's just discuss it now because there's a lot of misconceptions about, and I use the air quotation fingers, we're on radio, affordable housing. And and one of the challenges that Jim and others like him and, and some of the developers that are my clients face is right off the bat, and this is not unique to Tucson, but right off the bat, when you start talking affordable housing, people get this inaccurate image in their mind about, oh, there goes the neighborhood. Yeah. And that nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, exactly. I think that it does get this bad rep. And at the same time, these are people that just like all of us, people that need a place to live, have families, have, have loved ones. And so really hoping that over time that misconception will, will be cleared up. So what is the threshold now? If, if you can, I know it's, it's a, it's a very complex formula, but for a family of four, let's say, what their income needs to be under what level in order to qualify for some sort of, of help? Yeah, good question. So there's, um, depending on what that help is, that, that income number will change. Um, generally speaking, we say affordable housing. Um, we use the the federal standard of housing cost burden, mean, meaning paying no more than 30% the cost, um, their income for housing and housing related expenses. So when we're talking about affordable housing, I wanna mention that housing affordability is something that that really at this point has crossed many different income categories. In Tucson, the area median income right now is about $44,000. So for a family of four to be considered under 80% area median income, which is one of the key thresholds for affordable housing, that's about $55,000. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And there's, in following this discussion, I, I clearly it's, it's, we've got a supply 
issue here. Yep. We just don't have enough units, period. Yeah, Jim, Jim, you got to get to work. <laughs> right, he's ready. ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, but the, so you, I mean, and obviously more resources are helpful, but you do have, and folks that have qualified that have got vouchers or other assistance available, but they just can't find a place. I mean, I talk to my clients out there generally the the occupancy rates at market rate apartments out there is about 90%, which for all practical purposes is full. Yep. I mean, you've got to have some units down while you paint and, you know, remodel and do repairs. So there's just no room at the end. Yep. And what, what you're what you're doing is addressing half of the problem, but we just need to we need to build more units. Yep. There is a... Um there is a, a tsunami of projects headed towards Tucson right now. Tucson uh, was recently identified as a top five city nationally for new multifamily housing projects. And so I, my, me personally, I've been getting roughly five calls a week for new projects around this area where people want to develop apartments. And so you look at the number of housing starts and you look at the number of market rate starts and there's the subcontractor community in whole is not prepared to handle all the work that's coming our way. But to clarify, what kind of apartments are those? Because when I see, is it the, the Flynn downtown getting $3,000 a month, mm -hmm. that's not something the average Tucson is going to buy into. Correct. And th so the, the lion's share of those are market rate deals. So there, there's a few workforce housing deals in there, but most of them are class, you call class A properties, where they're going for that 2 to $3 a square foot rent. So big picture, though, eventually that with more inventory, if I remember my macroeconomics course, that is going to help drive the, the rents down at some of these other locations, but that's going to take a while to, to percolate. Correct. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, eventually economics will kick in. Um, so we have a short-term issue right now where, you know, the Tucson's not getting its fair share of affordable housing projects. I'll just say that we, uh, when you compare, but why, um, there's a number of reasons. So one of the reasons I joined the commission is I just didn't feel like we were getting our fair share when you look at, uh, compare us to Phoenix. So, um, when you look at the number of dollars sent to Pima County versus Maricopa County per capita, we're about 60 to 70% of what Phoenix gets. Projects in Phoenix are generally easier to build. They have higher incomes. The cost to build in Phoenix is less. So it creates a lot of additional challenges to get projects done in Tucson. So we've just got to be better and you know work smarter and, and harder than, than our friends up north. Jim, you had me all excited and optimistic for a second there, and then you just brought me crashing <laughs> down again. Oh. And the life of radio. You know what it's like. I feel like Dr. Dark Cloud sometimes to <laughs> talk about this stuff. I, I will say um, there are... Go ahead and finish yeah, with that. There are some positives, um, and we can talk about that in the next segment. But, okay. but for instance, the amount of funding available on the federal end is, is encouraging right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Bueller-Garcia sitting in for Zach Yenser. We'll talk more affordable housing when we come back.
Tucson. Your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor family wing of Latin American art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. Good morning and welcome back to this drive time hour of the tipping point here on 1030 KVOI The Voice. Daily in-depth news conversation talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm Ben Bueller-Garcia sitting in for Zach this morning. Hey, just a reminder, this segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger at 312 East Congress in downtown. Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, hub ice cream, milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. Follow their beat on social media at Little Love Burger. And mention you heard about them here on The Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15% discount off your next order. We're talking about affordable housing. I've got two experts from the biz in joining me from both sides of the equation. We've got government and private sector represented here. And um, and the and hold on, Guy, we'll get to your call in just a second. But one of the issues that there's part of what the city's been doing to address this is you put out a housing affordability strategic I'm going to get this wrong. HAST plan. Housing affordability strategy for strategy Tucson. for Tucson. Okay, and there are 10 policy recommendations in that strategy that the city's going through and kind of, you know, checking them off one at a time. Can you just really quickly summarize what what areas those policies are meant to address? Yeah, certainly. Um, so the the HAS plan is available online. I could, as as you mentioned, there's ten policy initiatives and their strategies within them. So obviously, not going to talk about every single one, or we'd be here all day. But some of the key uh, points that I think are important. Jim mentioned needing more. Um, contractors to build affordable housing. So one of the areas in the HAS plan is to build capacity in Tucson around affordable housing development. So 
we know um, workforce development is a piece of that. How do we encourage uh, workforce development projects that can help build capacity in the affordable housing sphere? Um, there's a lot of different strategies geared towards reducing the cost of affordable housing. So an example of that, Mayor and Council just changed our policies regarding affordable housing and impact fees. So impact fees is, is one cost that the city can help support and subsidize to help projects pencil out. There are a lot of policies around zoning and updating mm. the, the Tucson zoning code and, and trying to make these projects more attractive. And Jim, you can talk about that because so often with the nimbyism that, that are faced because people have these misconceptions about affordable housing or to me the classic Tucsonian, Tucsonian reaction when I buy my house in the foothills, let's say, or the West Tucson Mountains, and it was great when I bought it. But then when somebody wants to build and buy a house behind me, all of a sudden, oh, no, 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 you can't do that, even though I was behind the person that came. And it's just so there's the regulatory issues, there's an NIMBYism, and frankly, in Tucson, there's just not a lot of land available right now to build housing on, correct? Correct, yeah. So, you know, it's uh, the majority of the affordable housing projects getting built are low-income housing tax credits. It's a uh, program that's it's a federal tax credit, but it's managed by the state. Uh, and it's a competitive process. So a lot of it's based on the location. You need to be close to services, including transportation, uh, mm -hmm. schools, hospitals, things, shopping, things like that. Um, and so the sites tend to be uh, more difficult to develop a lot of times. But, you know, when you look at a, an affordable housing project, you cannot tell by looking at the outside of that building if it, that it's affordable. And a two examples that come to mind are uh, the Newport Adamfi project, which we just finished on uh, Stone and Prince, yeah, right by yeah. Amphi High School. It's beautiful, by the way. It's yeah, nobody's going to look at that and think it's it's bringing down the neighborhood. It's a beautiful project. Uh, the other one is the Marist uh, Midrise downtown. It's it's right on uh, Broadway and Stone, and it's an incredible building. And you nobody would look at that and say, you know, that's that's an eyesore. It's it's the people who live in these apartments. But the best days for me at work are the ribbon cutting ceremonies. We get to listen to the tenants who move in and talk about their life experiences. And, you know, a lot of them have, you know, really difficult stories and just, just hearing them say it, we never imagined mm -hmm. we'd be able to live in a place like this, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's this nice and it's not free. You know, they're paying 30% of their income for the rent, but it's affordable and it's, it's in a good location and it's giving them a step up to help them be successful with everything else in their life. Guy called the tipping point. He called us on 790-2040. Hopefully he's got some solutions. solutions. I'll, I'll tell you both, well, all three of you, in my ideal world, affordable housing to me means that everybody's earning sufficient income to be able to get whatever house they want. Now, that's kind of a pie-in-the-sky idea, but coming back to that economic side of the equation, I think we should work towards that. 20% of our, our neighbors below the poverty line is not acceptable to me. So, uh, Guy, what's your question or comment? Uh, I wanted to offer a win-win-win proposal, and please hear me out. Um, for a long time, there's been a problem at DM with people complaining about the noise and how that space. And I just thought to myself that the Hodom Nation might be willing to uh, switch leasing land. Uh, in other words, DM gets relocated onto Hodom by access to the Goldwater Range for flying. And in return, they get access to land to build a new casino in town. And 
all of a sudden, all that area opens up for housing, and it's access to I-10, and I'm picturing a mixed-use kind of scenario where expensive gated community goes in the middle, and around, as you go out, you have um, less expensive housing, multi-family housing, and with the casino, businesses start to come in around the edge, and they've got all the infrastructure, and, and you can relocate. The government will pay for it because you call it green housing, and it's all new stuff. Dormitories go out on the land and maybe a 90-year, 99-year lease, and maybe some of the housing can be rent-to-own. Maybe some of the housing can be joint ownership where the government gets a percent when the place gets sold. Okay. And those are just some of my ideas I thought might solve a big problem. Guy, thanks, thanks for calling – Thanks for calling the tipping point. I know this is clearly something where out-of-the-box thinking is going to be required. Um, Guy, I will tell you, I worked on the the group that came together with a plan to keep Davis Monthan open when the feds are going around closing Air Force bases all around the country. And I'll tell you, our nation could not afford to build a new Air Force base. Uh, interesting idea about, about repurposing Davis Monthan Air Force Base. But, I mean, I think, Ann, um, Jim, is that... That kind of outside-the-box thinking is something that we need to come together. These, Jim, these 3D homes mm-hmm. now where you just set up a a big cake decorator full of concrete and bang, 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 it knocks out a house in a day. Is that maybe part of the solution? Well, actually, it's interesting you bring that up because um, I've actually been trying to set up a, a tour of, uh, of somebody doing that up in Utah. Um, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. Because you still got to put in all the mechanical, electrical mm-hmm. systems, things like that. But structurally, um, yeah, you can get your walls up in a day. Um, and I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, got potential. And I'll, I'll say um, one of the areas of research we've been looking at is the uh, in Tempe, Habitat for Humanity has built the first 3D home in in Arizona. And I think what they've learned is. I would say it's the first one and you have to start somewhere. The costs were quite high in this particular case because they're trying to figure out what they do. But I think it is out of box thinking like that and really innovation that I think is going to help solve these challenges. I think one of the things I liked about Guy's comment was the collaborations that are mm-hmm. going to be required. You know, mm-hmm. we, we as the city put together the HAST plan that, that mayor and council adopted, but but it's, it takes a village in terms of addressing the problem that we have. And I think thinking through how the public sector continues to collaborate with the private sector is, is going to be a key piece here. And I, I like that, that part of Guy's comment as well, because, it, you know, while Davis Monthan may not be the ideal, it just we can't convert it. Um, there are other, not projects, I'd say there are other locations. For example, there is a... I don't know what to even call it anymore, but sort of a decrepit used to be a trailer park there on Grant Road as you get close to I-10. Huge lot. Um, You know, the extent to which we could maybe repurpose those kinds of lands. Or frankly, it doesn't have to be a big project. Put in a duplex. You know, there's so many people that need help, and if we have to address it one family at a time, man, let's get started. I'm all for that. Yep. And I'll say in terms of the HAST plan, one of the areas is the city looking at public land, in particular city land, where we have some control and really prioritizing it for affordable housing. So right now we have a request for qualifications out to try to get a developer to build on two sites that are in older historic neighborhoods in Tucson. And we plan on doing a lot more of that 
So whenever they're city-owned land, whether it's a small lot or or quite a bit bigger, we're looking at how do we attract, how do we work with with developers and making that affordable housing sooner than later. Jim, you two have worked together quite a bit, mm-hmm. but let me ask you the question directly right now. Without, with the stroke of a pen, what are some of the things the, the city of Tucson could do on the regulatory end to make this easier and more affordable to build homes? So um, one of the goals, so the first, the, the commission on equitable housing development's been around for about a year. And uh, first six months, we basically were trying to define ourselves and set goals and, and things like that. So uh, our first one-year goal is to provide a set of recommendations to mayor and council on things the city can do to incentivize people to want to come here to build affordable housing. And, you know, we talked about some of the things, the impact fees, zoning, relaxation, uh, parking waivers, um, things like that all help. Uh, It's little stuff, but each one, uh, you know, all together can make a big difference. And, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, um, nationally and statewide and even locally, there is a lot of uh, attention around the affordable housing crisis. And so the federal, the feds are increasing allocations of tax credits, mm-hmm. trying to get the states more tax credits. Uh, at the state level, we're trying to get the uh, state housing trust fund reestablished. And so I think we're seeing a lot of new programs come out that are going to help, you know, long term get us more affordable housing. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Bueller-Garcia sitting in for Zach Yenser here on The Tipping Point. We're talking about affordable housing. If you, if this doesn't impact you today, this impacts all of us, ladies and gentlemen. We need a healthy community, and this is truly a crisis. We still have time for more calls. Give us a call, 790-2040. We'll be right back. Tucson's trusted local news and talk. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Hello, Tucson. Have you heard of local nonprofit Impact of Southern Arizona, where we are more than just a food bank with a clothing bank, youth and senior programs where we are moving people forward. Arizona Gives Day is coming up on April 5th and 6th, where you have the chance to support organizations like Impact. Learn more about Impact of Southern Arizona and our critical programs at www.impactsoaz.org. 
Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, and the sustainable strength system is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to sustainablestrengthsystem.com. This is Bill Buckmaster coming up during the noon hour, a newsmaker interview with Tucson Mayor Romero on 1030 Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. Welcome back to the Tipping Point, ladies and gentlemen. Ben Bueller-Garcia sitting in for Zach Yancher. You talk about the ideas and concepts that move Tucson. We're definitely hitting all those cylinders today, this morning. Uh, real quick, Ann, I, I want to get this out because I it, it, shame on me for not doing that up front. There is assistance available for, and if there might be some listeners out there or somebody who knows, you know, a listener who knows somebody who could use some help, where, where do they start with, with your department? Yeah, so our main website is tucsonaz.gov backslash HCD. That stands for Housing and Community Development. So tucsonaz.gov backslash HCD. From there, you can look at all of the services that our department offers, including information about affordable housing, including rental assistance and the eviction prevention program, including one of the programs we currently run is homeowner repair programs for low-income households. I think one of the best ways to address our housing challenges is to make sure we keep people in their homes if they are existing. And so that website can be a launching point for everything that the city offers when it comes to housing and and community development. And folks, I'd encourage you, if you do know someone that's facing a potential issue, they need to get on it right away because uh, the folks down there at the city are are inundated and it just, it takes some time to, to work through the process. We do have Charles decide to call the tipping point with some Charles. Hopefully you've got some good thoughts or suggestions. Well, you know, the fellow that talked about trading Davis Monson made me think, what if we applied that concept to downtown and invited the Goldwater Range there? Excuse me? <laughs> Trade out downtown Tucson for gold, for the Goldwater Range. Uh, Charles, we'll, we'll kick that suggestion on up no, to the Department on, of Defense. One, don't, don't hold your one, breath. One other. No, I have a serious thought. What if you created a code uh, a category for building called code exempt. And in certain areas, you allowed, they're not to, to, allowed us to be Texas, where they don't have a building code except in very few places. 
You build whatever you want, however you want, in small designated areas for affordable housing. What would that do to compliance costs? What would that do to what would that do to the ability to build something if you didn't have the city in your way? And I will uh, and and I will take my answer on the radio. Thank you, Charles. So um, that's what we were talking about when we talk about zoning relaxation. So if you need to, if you have a property, you want to get rezoned, it requires community input, things like that. So if there's a, a, a zoning exception for affordable housing, that's basically what meets that. Pro- projects in Texas still have to meet building code. So there's building minimum standards that everything that gets built has to meet. But from a zoning perspective, if we have some relaxations on that, that would definitely help open up new sites for affordable housing. And at one of the last meetings, I think someone called in and suggested it there on the west side, and they had there's an industrial lot that was not pleasant, and they had suggested, hey, can can the city downzone that lot and just build housing? Now, obviously, the city can't just go in unless you're going to condemn the property or take it. You can't. I mean, that's up to the individual property owner to downzone or request a zoning change. But uh, that sort of that idea, and it really it it made me happy because seeing that sort of interconnectedness of all the community members, whether it's through the commission or your staff or those of us out there working in the private sector, finally putting our shoulders to the wheel about addressing this this issue. Yeah, I do think that there are a lot of solutions around zoning that we can look at. Um, and I think that we've seen, it's, it's interesting, the color mentioned Texas, we've seen Austin, Texas as an example of where they are really looking at citywide, how can they relax their regulations to make affordable housing more attractive? In Tucson, so far, we've been focusing on key corridors, which I think is important because, as you just mentioned, the interconnectedness. Jim mentioned earlier that for tax credit projects, one of the requirements is they be near transportation. And I I think that one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about housing is its interconnectedness. So in addition to housing being a real key challenge in our community, we also have to look at climate change and what that's going to look like over time. We have to look at racial equity. We have to look at our transportation solutions. And so I think that housing plays a key role in the middle and related to all of that. And so it's one of the areas where I think the city can really help make sure that the initiatives that we're funding and focused on really meet those other objectives as well. Jim, the, the, one of the other factors you're, you mentioned earlier on, that just the practical reality of the inflation, I mean, wood costs more. Concrete might be hard to find. I don't know if anybody's tried to install a pool lately, but uh, yeah, to check that out. But there's the labor side of things, too. And what what can we maybe do? And to me, that's a, a wonderful talk about win-wins where we've got more folks in the labor force. We're training people to, to do a high-paying job, which means they can go out and buy market-rate housing. Mm-hmm. What your thoughts so um i've got two things i just i guess two points i'd like to make first um pima county has an amazing jted program um a lot of local uh, employers will pay for people to go through the program so they'll they'll get on the job training uh while they work and so it's typically about a one-year program uh it's an apprenticeship and you come out as a skilled tradesman and you know, tradesmen these days can make sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. So, and and they're not going to be burdened by by college debt. So, I, I think that that is becoming a more and more attractive um, solution. I would encourage people if if they don't want to go to college, 
uh, getting into one of the trade schools and even like the automotive school, the airplane uh, uh, repair. They've got a lot of different trades. It's not just construction. Uh, but I think that J- the Pima College is just doing an incredible job right now with all their JTED programs. So I want to give a shout out to them. Um, you know, one other misconception I think that's out there about affordable housing is is it's the uh, is that's the private sector basically giving handouts to the public sector for affordable housing. And and there was a study I think it was released by Berkeley a few years ago that that showed the economic impact of a new affordable housing project. So there's a federal tax credit that's given over 10 years to help pay for the project. And then because the debt service is so low, they can charge lower rents. And when you look at all of the tax revenues generated from these projects, you get sales tax, you have property taxes, you have income taxes, so on and so forth. The econ- It actually comes out pretty close to a wash. Now you're trading a federal tax credit for state taxes, local taxes, things like that. So it's not necessarily the same governmental entities, but there is a, a pretty much a wash from a national perspective. And that's one of the reasons that the tax credit program has been so successful. And and is that, I mean, all the strategies are on the table. That's something else your, your department's exploring about maybe how we can identify more funds. We talked off yeah. the air about the IDA, the Industrial Development Authority, and just what a tremendous resource that is. And, and getting f- folks engaged, whether it's down payment assistance or bonds or, you know, all those options. Yeah, I mentioned my um, being a little bit encouraged in terms of more resources being available than used to be, but it's not nearly enough and it's not sustainable. And so that's something working with the commission, really trying to figure out how do we build more sustainable funding sources to make sure we can address the current shortage, but also make sure we're rehabilitating the older apartments and houses that we know exist in Tucson. You know, I was at a a forum that the the Tucson Association of Realtors had addressing this issue, and, and I meant what I said there. In all my years of, of advocacy, you know, more than three decades here in Tucson, this is a unique opportunity, and that at the very least, we're all on the same page about what the problem is. So often, we can't even agree on that. But uh, we do. I do believe in my heart, Tucson has the resources as far as people goes. We, we can be creative, and when we put our minds to something, we can get this fixed. So it's going to be a long haul. But uh, I encourage folks to look at the the HAS strategy. Uh, Jim, thank you. I encourage folks to go out and and get training. Every time I call a plumber, I know I wish I'd become one. Yep. And the Commission on Equitable Housing Development, those meetings are open to the public. Um, They're on Zoom right now, but people are welcome to attend and, and hear what this Commission of Volunteers is doing in terms of guiding the city. Okay. Jim, any last additions? Nope. Build, build, build. Appreciate you uh, helping bring focus to this. I, we, it's something I'm passionate about, and um, you know, I th- it's it feels like our job's never done, but we're going to keep plugging away. Um, All right, thank thanks, you. Ben. Jim and Ann, thanks for joining us here on Tipping Point, folks. Ben Bueller Garcia sitting in for Zach Yenter. You can find the podcast of this show and others at uh, kvoi.com. Thanks for tuning in to 1030 of Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. Zach will be back soon, I'm sure. But, uh, Zach, thanks for the opportunity for sharing something that I feel very passionate about here in our community. Take care, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm.